Well, again, uh, it's great to be here with you this evening. And, and again, it's always a, a privilege and an honor to uh, have an opportunity to share uh, God's word. And so I do so humbly uh, and by the grace of God, definitely for sure. And so um, uh, again, it's just great to have uh, those that are going to tune in online and uh, online people. I'm going to try to not make you sick this week. Last week, I was moving around so much, the cameraman, right, trying to keep up with me. And so that's uh, part of who I am. I move around a lot, but uh, we practice. Okay, you got this zone. So I'm going to try to stay in my zone uh, a little bit better this evening. So, uh, but no, no promises, but I'm going to try. Um, but anyway, just happy Thanksgiving uh, to everybody. And uh, over this weekend, uh, just a time to be reminded of just God's goodness, right? And was just, again, just, just looking up how our uh, country decided to, to do that. And it was, again, just a, to honor God and just thank God for uh, just the abundance that we have in this country. And it's such a good reminder because we are so blessed. And so many of you maybe are going to spend time with family and friends this weekend. And it's, it's maybe this, this time of rest for you. Maybe you're looking at it, you're like, okay, we're going to watch movies during the day. We're going to kick our feet up. It's going to be great. Maybe, maybe we're going to, you know, watch movies during the day. Maybe we're going to make puzzles. Maybe that's what we're going to do. And so I thought, okay, the, the epitome of relax is, is that's why I wore this shirt. It's, I know the camera night, it's got flamingos on it, right? Like you can just imagine the beach and, you know, flamingos. So it's this ultimate idea of, just relaxing. And so uh, maybe many of you are sharing, oh, what are you going to do this weekend? And just all these relaxing things. And so I just, I just wanted to give you a little bit of a picture where my family is at. Well, Megan and I are in the phase of young kids. So guess what? We are tired, 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 tired. So we have three kids, 4.5, 2.5, and five-month-old. Tired, tired, tired. No, I, I already told you that. But we're tired, right? And for, for those that have, have been in our phase, right? Waking up in the middle of the night and, and uh, you know, feeding the, the five-month-old. But then the other two raring to go at, you know, 6.30 and, and work and all those sort of things. And so um, for me, uh, some of you know I'm a teacher. And the summer is, is our time where, you know what? We're going we're gonna to carve out these two weeks and that's going to be our relaxed time. And we're just going to, you know what? We're just going to slow down. And we're going to recharge. Well, this summer started with my son getting some sort of a bug. And, and it actually put him into febrile seizures. And so I spent the night in the hospital with him, waiting for the doctors to see what was going on. And everything was fine. But obviously not much sleep that night. And then obviously as you know, the bug continued to give him fevers and that sort of stuff. Not a lot of sleep during the week until that was gone. But we in our family love to share. So he shared it with his sister. So then I had another week of, you know, mending to my daughter as well. And as my wife tended to our, you know, five-month-old to right, separate him because we didn't want that. And so, okay, summer, we've got through that. We're good to go, right? We're going to relax. It's great. August, the beginning of August, you know, I ate something and I just had a tummy ache and you know what? It was something I ate. Nope. It turned out that I actually had my appendix actually ruptured. And so I had to go to the hospital. 
and I had to have surgery to remove my appendix. And so that was about two weeks before school started. So you can imagine that we're not in that necessarily rested mind frame that we want to to start September and school starting. And so today we're going to, this evening, we're going to take a look at a piece of scripture where Jesus' disciples were tired and they were depleted. And I believe we will be encouraged from this story when we get to see how Jesus dealt with the disciples in the midst of their exhaustion. How he can meet their needs and our needs. And guess what? He still includes us and them in his purposes. And so if you've got your uh, device with you or, or a Bible, I just encourage you to turn uh, to Mark chapter 6. And we're going to take a look at the feeding of the 5,000. And what I, what I love about this story, uh, this parable, I should say, is it's found in all the Gospels. And so, to me, there's something significant about that. But as, as I often like to do when, when I have an opportunity to speak is I always like to back up. And what, what was going on before that? And so if you read in the early parts of chapter 6, Jesus takes the 12 and he sends them by, you know, in groups of two. And, right, he tells them, don't take anything. Uh, and just take a walking stick and you're going to go these places. And, and what's going to happen is, you know what? You're, you're going to heal the sick, and demons are going to uh, be, be released from people, and all these sort of amazing things, right? And it's like this ultimate road trip of faith that they're going on. And I don't know about you, but you know, you don't often sleep that great in somebody else's house, right? Or, or on the road. You just don't. So they're, they're tired, but again, they're pretty excited, right? Because of what God is, has done through them, what the Holy Spirit is doing through them. But then in, in some of the gospel accounts, what you, what you find out later, or, or just before we jump into the feeding of the 5,000, is the story that, that John is beheaded. And so somebody that, that, they, that they were close with has now died. So you can think of just how they're tired, their emotions with, with you know, possibly burying their friend. And this, is, and this is where we find them as we look at verses 30 to 44. Jesus feeds the 5,000. So verse 30 of, of chapter 6 in Mark. The apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told him all they had done and taught. Then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and the apostles didn't even have time to eat. And, and I often say this when I speak is, is I love putting myself in their shoes and, and trying to get into the disciples' shoes in that moment. They were emotionally tired. They were physically tired. Their friend, like I stated, had, had just died. All they wanted to do was get away. They wanted rest. They were so busy that they didn't even have time to eat. And I don't know about you, but, but again, maybe it's more men than, than women. Is, is the wives in here, can you attest to when, when your husbands get hangry? It's not a pretty sight, is it? 
it can be pretty bad. And I, I love, you can ask my wife, it's pretty bad. And I love those, I don't know if you've ever seen those. Have you seen those Snickers commercials? Where, where the one that I love is the football one. And, and this, this guy's just playing horribly, right? And, and they go into this huddle and it's like, dude, like, come on, like, pick it up. Like, we need you. He's like, you're playing like Betty White. And in the commercial, it's actually Betty White, like, representing him, right? And, and he's like, man, you've been riding me all day. And he's like, trying to defend himself. And what happens, right, of course, it's Snickers, like, the, the, you know, his girlfriend or whoever on the side just says, like, here, honey, like, you just need some food. And then, right, he eats the Snickers, and then he snaps back in and makes this catch, right? And for me, like, I'm thinking, like, that's, the disciples are at that place. Like, they are so hungry. Like, they can't even eat. That's how depleted that they are. And I don't know about you, but, but again, tying back to, to some of my story, maybe, maybe where you're at to do is, have you, where you're at is, have you ever been in a place where you're like, I just need a break? Okay. There's some of you in here, right? Maybe, maybe now, even the season that we're in with COVID, maybe that, is, maybe that has changed things. Maybe, maybe it had taken that trip that you had planned for years and years and years and, and, and you couldn't do it because COVID hit and you were just really looking forward forward that time. Some, some R&R. And again, <laughs> Megan and I personally, in March, we actually booked a a trip to get away before our son Benjamin was born, and the same thing, it got canceled. And it even got better as the company actually went bankrupt. So, right, like, far from rest, because now we got to deal with, but they, you took our money, but we didn't get rest. Like, okay, we got to sort this all out, right? Not very restful, is it? Maybe some of you are at that place right now, just looking for a rest. But let's, let's continue on, and let's see what happens. Verse 32. So they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. But many people recognized them and saw them leaving. And people from many towns ran ahead along the shore and got there ahead of them. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat. And he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. He had compassion on them. Okay, put yourself again in the, in the disciples' shoes. I've put myself in there. I don't, again, I would have a hard time having compassion on these people. I need a rest, right? They said they're so tired. Leave me alone, right? Just, just leave me alone. Like, just give me a minute here. The last thing that maybe many of us would want in that situation is when we're exhausted or we're depleted is a heavy demand placed upon us. But in these days and these challenging days, lots of us can maybe relate to these heavy demands. Maybe, maybe some of you too are, are experiencing, maybe you're, maybe you're homeschooling for the first time. Like, I'm not trained for this. Like, this is tough. Maybe the support systems that you relied on aren't there anymore. Maybe the conveniences that we enjoyed aren't there anymore. And I'm sure we can put many others in there. But Jesus, the disciples say, we, we, 
we were finally going to get a rest. <laughs> Even though Jesus has acknowledged his disciples, he's acknowledged their exhaustion, and he asks them to come away with him for rest, he still doesn't allow them to overlook this needy crowd of people. And verse 34 talks about sheep. And the Bible often talks to us about sheep. And, and I just, I, I love this, this quote that I found and, and kind of this um, pastor that blogs and he just says this. He says, this idea about sheep, he says, left to themselves, sheep cannot last very long. Just about any other domestic animal can be returned to the wild and will stand a fighting chance for survival, but not sheep. Put a sheep into the wild, and you've just given nature a snack. Jesus knew that the sheep, you and I, we need him. We need him. He knew that that crowd needed Jesus. They needed help to be shown the way to a relationship through Jesus to the Father. And so, I kind of thought of this as well, this idea of, of during this time, maybe, maybe, we're, maybe we're trying to hide out, right? And so, right, the disciples, again, were, okay, well, well if we just leave, we can kind of hide from the situation, it doesn't exist anymore if we just hide, right? Thinking of young kids again, right? The peekaboo. They're, you're actually gone, right? They think you're actually gone, but, but when you're not, right? So this, this other idea of, of when we're tired and hiding out is, I see that the disciples, they say, okay, we're going to read in Scripture. Well, now what we could do is we could just send them away. If we just send them away, we'll get back to that rest. Let's look at verse 35. Late in the afternoon, his disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away, so they can go to the nearby farms and villages and buy something to eat. But Jesus said to them, You feed them. With what? They asked. We'd, we'd have to work for months to earn enough money to buy food for all of these people. Again, if, if we surround ourselves with that situation, they're, they're looking at the physical and they're missing the spiritual. If, if we send them away, the problem is solved. It's over. And, and I know for myself, I would, I would think of the impossible, right? All the things, like, it's just adding up, Jesus. Like, this is impossible. I would focus on the lack. And, it, and again, it totally seems, right? Like, as we read this, like, the disciples were caught off guard by Jesus' question. With, with what? Right? Like, like, as if, Jesus, like, did you actually hear, like, what, what we said? 
There's nothing here. We're in the middle of absolutely nowhere. We often look in the natural, don't we? With, with natural eyes. We want food. We need money. It's going to take a ton of money to feed all of these people. The natural. Jesus, you know we don't have this kind of money. The natural. They had already forgotten the experiences they had when they went out in twos. They had, they had forgot to look with spiritual eyes. Forgot to look with spiritual eyes. Are we forgetting in our situation, our circumstances, are we forgetting to look with spiritual eyes? I know I can do that. I know I can, I can look at situations in the natural. God, this math doesn't add up. I'm not great at math, but this doesn't add up. But spiritually, right, there's God's math. God works it out. And another, another way I can see that disciples are trying to fix this solution is now, here we go in the scripture, it says, well, Jesus, okay, you're here, why don't you just fix it? Right? Jesus, just, just fix my situation right now. Like, you just do it. Boom, it's gone. And everything's great. Right? I know I pray those prayers too. But right, there's a process and there's things that Jesus is trying to teach us how to, how to, Lean into him in the spiritual, right? Verse 38. This is Jesus. It says, how much bread do, you, do we have? He asked. And, and I like this transition. It says, go and find out. They came back and reported, we have five loaves of bread and two fish. Then Jesus told the disciples to have the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of 50 or 100. And in the message, it uses the word, take inventory. And I, and I like that analogy again. I love talking and speaking in analogies. Is that would have been not a small job. Right? And again, I picture, okay, like today's day and age, all right, going to get out the clipboard and, and I'm going to go, right, I'm going to go to you. I'm going to go, Dave, okay, do, uh, uh, do, do you have any, any food? No. Nope. Okay, all right, check off and go to the next person and the next person and the disciples, are right, going around and, and checking it off and talking to all these people, taking inventory. But if you, if you know about this story, is it says 5,000 men. 5,000 men, so it's not accounting for the women and children that were most likely there. So let's, let's just say maybe there's 10,000 people. Maybe there's more, right? We, we don't know. Excuse me, excuse me, do you have anything? Nope. Okay, on to the next one. Asking every single person there if they could contribute. And again, I, I'm taking some creative license here. Just my, my person, I was thinking like, okay, they're getting more and more discouraged as they go to the next person, the next person. Again, possibly, maybe this happened, right? Nope, no, we don't have it. Jesus, how are we going to feed all these people? 
And again, I, I, I thought of like some scenarios to like, have you ever, have you ever, I know, okay, go find something in your garage and you have all these boxes and things and you're trying to find it. And it's always in the last box, right? You like pull everything out and it's in the last box. And I, I too thought of like, you know, this silly example as well as like Toy Story 2. There's Toy Story 2 and Buzz Lightyear. He, he goes back to this toy store and, and the crazy Buzz like stuffs him back in the packaging. And I don't know if you know that scene. He pushes him back in with all of them and then the camera like zooms out. And it's like shelves of Buzz Lightyears. And you're like, where are you going to start? And I just envisioned the, right, the disciples like going through all of these people and, and not finding and, until, right? The last person or something like that. And again, for comparison's sake, to drive this point home, if, if and, and people that are in this room that work with me know I'm not great at math, so help me out here, but if we've got roughly 50 people in this room, right? And, and we use, if we think of the numbers that they had, it was probably 100 times bigger than the group that we have here. That's a lot of people to go through and ask. But what I love is that Jesus can take our lack and he can make it so much more. And this is where we read in, in verse 41. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish. He looked up to heaven and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. He also divided the fish for everyone to share. Verse 42. They all ate as much as they wanted. And afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftover bread and fish. A total of 5,000 men and their families were fed. A little thanks goes a long way, doesn't it? When Jesus is involved. Everybody, everybody had their fill. And think about the disciples now as they're collecting the food. Wow. What have we been a part of? 5,000 plus people as well got to be a part of this. So many eyewitnesses to this. It's pretty remarkable. I'm sure they were trying to, again, absorb all of what was going on. John Piper says this. When you serve me, and you give, and you give, and you give, until you think you can't give no more, I will take care of you. I will always be enough for you. If you pour out your life to give bread to the world, I will be your all-satisfying bread. The more you satisfy others, the more I will be your satisfaction. The more you give life to others, the more I will be life to you. Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus thanked God. He, he, he thanked God for what they had. He didn't focus on the lack. He didn't speak negatively or he didn't like scorn the disciples over this, this 
this meager human offering of five loaves and two fish. He received it and he blessed it. He used the tiny offering that came. You may think, maybe you're there, that today, again, I don't got enough. Today is not enough for you to use Jesus. You don't, you don't have enough time. You don't have enough money. You, I don't have enough education. I, I'm not gifted enough. I, I'm too tired, Jesus. But we can be encouraged. Because this story tells us that we don't have to have the biggest gifting, or the best, or the most money, or the most shiniest whatever, or the most polished offering for Jesus to use. If we're willing to bring ourselves as we are and open our hands to God, he will use it and multiply it, whatever the offering may be. And in some translations it says, right, uh, it was a boy, right? A boy had the five loaves and two fish. Right, think about him. Think about how he probably felt foolish. Like, this is so small. This is so insignificant. This can't be used to feed 10,000 people. Uh, right? But what a difference. What difference has it, could it make? It is Jesus who does the miraculous work. When we're willing to bring that offering, whatever it is, we have in our hands, he uses. When we come with thankful attitudes, the Spirit of God responds. Not always in the way that we think, but he's the bread of life. He will help us see these situations with spiritual eyes. I want to end with these last couple points is when we are tired and we want to hide out, we need to allow Jesus to be the remedy for every and all situations. I, I, I loved how the dictionary defines remedy. There's lots of different points, but the one that just stood out to me says something that corrects or removes any evil of any kind. Wow. Jesus being that remedy removes everything. That's remarkable. Something that corrects or counteracts, that's Jesus. And my last point. If you're in a season that feels like it's uphill. If you're tired, Jesus is your lifeline. That, for whatever reason, this week I've been watching a lot of shows about mountain climbing for some reason. And lots on this, you know, mountains that are 8,000 meters. And what they do now is they fix ropes to help people as they climb up these mountains. They use oxygen. The uphills 
may not go away in our lives. But intimacy with Christ will be our lifeline. Intimacy with him will enable you to complete the tasks that he has set before you. Don't look with natural eyes. Allow the Holy Spirit to help you look with spiritual eyes. Nathan, it's an amazing thing that um, we can never outgive God. And it's, a, it's always incredible how God comes through when we need him the most. If the worship team could come forward. And I was just thinking of Elijah and the widow of Zarephath. I mean, what a story that is. And he goes to this widow and uh, knocks on her door. He's going to go and stay. God's led, led him to, to her house and he's hungry. And uh, he says, please make me something to eat. And she says, all I've got a bit of oil and a bit of flour. We were going to eat this, my son and I, and then we were going to die. I mean, that's a big deal. And um, Elijah says, well, make it for me and give it to me to eat. And uh, he must have really heard God to say that, I'm telling you what. That is a really big step of faith, for he knew that if she sowed, she would reap. And she makes this meal, and the oil and the flour never, ever ran out. Every time she made some more, there's more in the jar and more in the jar. And I just want to say with us in this time, it's an incredible time for us to, to open our hands for those around us and, and help others. It's not just physical or financial or things like that, but... I'm just overwhelmed how, how um, when we are available to God, how he gives us time and space to, to make a little difference in people's lives. And, um, and uh, I would like us just to stand and worship God for a while. And um, as we do this, if, you, uh, if you'd like to stand, that'll be good. If you, as we do this, we just open our hands. You know, when we open our hands, God can fill them. And I don't know what you need. It could be depleted in many ways. It could be emotionally, physically, spiritually, financially. But God is our provider and God is our source. And I just ask the Holy Spirit just to begin to rain down upon us. God creates the rain. We know when it doesn't rain, if it didn't rain for a whole year, what trouble we'd be in. But God creates that. He feeds every bird. Hundreds of tons of seed and worms and bugs. Can you imagine? Every animal. How much more? How much more us? I'm just praying, Lord God, that, Lord God, we won't miss the opportunities of being generous to each other, to this body where some are hurting, Lord, that you'll place people on our hearts. They may not need money, 
they might not be need a gift. They may just need a, a kind word, a prayer. It can change your life. So Lord, start with us, Lord. We come to you and we open our hands and we ask you to fill them, Lord, with your presence, your anointing. flow in us and flow through us.